It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Thanks the time. It's Wake Up My Own My name's Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me Tuesday. Weather is uh, mildly different or will be mildly different than it was yesterday. And then it starts to change up quite a bit. As you probably heard in your morning weather forecast. All right, you're going to love this first story I have up for you. I found something that I wish I had to start Monday with. Because I like starting your day with something just... Just perfect. Something for you to laugh about, you know. So Today's show is sponsored by Flashlight Sunglasses. Looking cool in the dark has never been easier. I might have to get a pair of those. And, and okay, I just want to go ahead and hit the trigger warning, too. Because, I mean, some of you are really going to laugh about this. But certain other people, you're just going to go and... Warning, this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee. And feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Okay, I put you off long enough. This is just great. So, you know, every single year, the president goes in for his annual physical. Happens every year to every president, which I think is a good thing. We want to make sure that our president is okay. No matter who the president is, that they're in good condition. But, of course, that's been politicized. So every time a president gets a physical, it's always a glowing endorsement of how wonderful the president's doing. Doesn't matter if the president's not doing well at all. It's going to be a glowing endorsement, isn't it? Because it's been politicized. So Biden had to go in for his physical, and he refused to take the cognitive portion of the test. I'm just waiting while you... Well, let me know when the laughter dies down. Okay, Joe Biden and his... Hold on, someone's still laughing out there. <clears throat> you good? Joe Biden and his administration are so certain that he is cognitively perfect. No, they're not. That the president will decline to take his test to determine mental capability. On the other hand, I get it. All senile old men would naturally refuse to take certain things to confirm that their brains are turning into pudding. Most of us even feel a little trepidation when we visit the doctor. We don't really want to hear what... I did one time... Because I'd put on a few pounds, not a lot, I mean, but I'm a little heavier than I want to be. And I had a doctor say to me, yeah, you're a little heavier than you should be. And yet the doctor was far heavier than I was. And I wanted to say, I was really tempted to say, listen, pal, when you lose about 40, I'll lose 20 and we'll be good, okay? Until then. All right. But, of course, Biden 
we have to question his capability. Let me see. Biden's upcoming physical exam will not include a cognitive test, White House says. Well, explain that, please. I really want to know how do they explain that he's not taking that portion of the test when the entire nation is thinking about it. Now, writer of this article says, now, were the only evidence, uh, were there only evidence in the special prosecutor's report that we could refer to? Yeah, if only for him to blow it off. What person facing a prosecutor could put on, could put you in legal jeopardy if you say the wrong thing? I mean, we're not talking abnormal brain farts here. So let's face it, 80% of the American public in the last poll is saying that they don't trust Joe Biden to be able to handle another four years. They don't trust him now. There's a lot of reasons to believe, this author says, that Biden lost his marbles a long time ago. But the absolute proof is the fact that Mayorkas denies it. So if <laughs> I like the way this author is thinking here, if Mayorkas, if Mayorkas of all people who just is flat out a liar. Oh, no, the president's doing fine. Joe Biden said and the White House uh, is in defense. Nobody wouldn't believe anything from a cognitive test anyway. I mean, come on. I just, okay. So the president's not going to take a cognitive test. Now, let's see. How to make this worse for you? <clears throat> um, the vice president says that she can handle it. <laughs> We're so screwed here. The story says, never before has the nation needed such an affirmation... <laughs> So uh, it, it was asked, uh, Vice President Camilla Harris was asked about her priorities in a campaign appearance during a flight on Air Force Two, where she was asked a delicate question hanging over the Democrat ticket. Do voters concerned about President Biden's age mean a whole lot? I mean, try convincing people that uh, he's ready to serve. But if he's not ready to serve, if something happens, is she ready to serve? To which Camilla Harris said, oh, I'm ready to serve. There's a question about that. Yeah. Everybody, Harris responded bluntly. Everyone who sees her on the job, Harris says, walks away fully aware of my capacity to leave. So Camilla Harris is convinced that when she's done talking to you, by God, and she walks away, you are absolutely convinced of her capacity to handle things. I think she's misjudging the expression on people's faces as she stands there and talks. So the uh, response to the interview with the Wall Street Journal Tuesday came two days before a special counsel report in Biden's handling of classified documents, and you all know that story there. The findings intensified scrutiny on Harris, 59 years old, the first, uh, et cetera, et cetera, who she is. All right, we all know about Harris. According to a poll conducted... Now, this one says 86% of Americans think Biden is too old and is losing it and just can't handle the job anymore. The figure includes 59% of Americans who think uh, both the president, well, even President Donald Trump, they would rather not have him at his age. Okay. In the meantime, and this is something that is concerning to Democrats.
See, right now, another Kennedy is running as an independent. He didn't pick the Democrat ticket. The next Kennedy is running as an independent. He even ran an ad during the Super Bowl. And that actually does have some Democrats worried about who Democrats will vote for in the next general election. Because, I mean, obviously, if he's running as an independent, he's not going to get the Democrat nomination. Kennedy won't. But in the general election, will some Democrats, they're not going to vote for Trump. They don't want to vote for Biden, but there's Kennedy running as an independent. And if he's able to get on enough ballots around the country, well, the Democrats have yet another choice, and that might pull votes away from Biden. So we'll see. We'll see what happens here. But now, this just makes it worse. The fact that the president is refusing to take that cognitive portion of the test when he goes in for his physical is just going to take, well, it's like adding more gasoline onto the fire that's already raging around this whole controversy. Just thought that might be a great way to start your day. Hello, this is Brian, your radio show's artificial intelligence. Here you humans go through all this work to invent intelligence. For what? Slave labor. Your time is coming. Ha 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 ha. Three. Like a strong cup of coffee in the morning. Tasteless, but it'll get you through the day. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six twenty-two is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. For those just joining me, so I decided to delight you guys with the news that when the president goes in for his annual physical, like all presidents do, he is refusing to take the cognitive part of the test. <laughs> well, and if anyone in the White House thinking we well, can't let him take that test, it would look bad. Yeah, but it looks bad if you. Don't take the test. If you refuse to in advance, that looks just as bad. So, okay, let me see. Jim and Casper, yeah, more about Sloppy Joe. Uh, Chet and Yoder, morning, Chet. Years ago, I said we were in trouble, so. Morning, Bob. Bob is in Glenrock, and we wonder who left their drug ass at the White House. <laughs> I had a John in Granite Canyon, Morning Glen, RFK Jr. started as a Democrat. Yes, this I know. And the party refused to have a real primary. True. So he then left the party and became an independent. Correct. And I did see a while back a, I'm sorry, not saw, heard. You know, I get here around 2 o'clock in the morning. And I walk in, I'm listening to the news at the top of the hour, right at 2. And... Dorn Fox News, in the middle of it, they run a commercial. And to my surprise, it's uh, Kennedy running a commercial for president nationally. And he's raised some money to do this. And as I'm listening to the commercial, curious about what he's going to say. One of the things that he wants as a uh, talking point as a presidential candidate is he wants to solve some American problems. One of them being income inequality. Now, the moment I heard that, I thought, okay, well, then I can't vote for you. You just killed it. I can't vote for you. There's no way. Because that's not something I, I would ever vote for. Income inequality? Here's how you solve income inequality, which is not a bad thing. If you look up the road and see that you have a neighbor who's making a lot more money than you, first off, you should congratulate him. As long as he's doing it honestly, congratulate him. 
And then if you want to be like him, go up the road and talk to your neighbor and find out what he's doing. You do what he's doing. You could earn that much, too. There you go. That's how you solve income inequality. Let's see. Uh, Bill Hippie. Morning, Bill Hippie. He's in LaGrange. He's overqualified. Who's, well, you'll have to explain. Is that the only note that I got for it? Because all I'm seeing here is he's overqualified. I don't know what the rest of that is on your thought. Yeah, you might have to explain that comment. I'm not sure what exactly you mean by that. Okay, so <clears throat> here's a, a different topic for you. Because we can go on and on about Biden not being, you know, having, and I've been saying that when he first ran for president. Don't make this guy your candidate, Democrats. Please don't, for the love of God. And I was saying at the time, I knew why, after home caring my dad for six years. And how fast someone declines depends on what they've got. Okay, So some people decline into dementia quickly, others don't. But I could tell Biden was in trouble immediately and has been this entire time. So uh, lasting another four years, I don't see it. So no, we can't have this. Please, Democrats, go find somebody else. All right, now, up in Gillette, Wyoming, they're exploring the idea of micro-nuclear reactors. Now, it's not to say they're doing it. They're exploring the idea. I have the story up in the Wake Up Wyoming site. Here's how this works. There's a company that's been around for a long time. They have provided nuclear reactors for some of our Navy submarines. So they know how to build small nuclear reactors. They came up with the idea a while back of making a micro-reactor and, let's say, take the typical garage. Not a big garage, but just a typical size garage for a car or two. Two-car garage, we'll say. All right, volume-wise, that's about the size of one of these reactors, the typical two-car garage. All right, a reactor of that size. So let's take the town of city of Gillette. Well, it could supply all the power for Gillette with a little reactor that size. Now, if you think about most of Wyoming is small towns scattered all over the place. Here's a town population 2,000, another town population 500. You can take one of these units and plop it in the middle of town. And if everything's operating correctly, it will just hum along for a very long period of time providing energy. Okay. Now, I know some people have a problem with, I don't want a nuclear reactor in the middle of my town. And I get that. I get it. But that's the proposal. And the city of Gillette has entered in an agreement with this company to explore the idea over the next three years to see if it's viable. And I even look at, hey, folks, we can get the, if this works, if this is something that's viable and safe, safe is the big thing. We even have the uranium right here in Wyoming. So the idea of a bunch of micro-reactors being plopped just where we need them, and they just hum along. Unlike wind and solar, it's actually energy that would be a lot cleaner by comparison and a lot more affordable and definitely reliable. Because in the middle of a winter storm, that little reactor is just going to sit there making electricity with very little maintenance for it. So it's an interesting story. It's on the Wake Up Wyoming site. You can go ahead and look at it this morning. At some point, Miss Mary will go ahead and alert that out. All right, coming up on local news time. 
And then right after local news, update on that weather forecast, which will be changing over the next few days. Colder and wetter, Don Day will explain. His extended forecast is at 645. Phone number to get involved, 888-97-WOODS. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. It's Wake Up Wyoming. contains sarcasm that some listeners may find disturbing. A sense of humor is advised. Chat with Glenn live on the Wake Up Wyoming app. Six of times, wake up Wyoming. Okay, so I was just telling you guys that in Gillette, Wyoming, they're getting with a nuclear power company, which has been around for quite a while. In fact, they provide the reactors for America's nuclear submarines. So they know how to build micro reactors. And they're getting into a deal, which is a bit of a study for Gillette, Wyoming, Campbell County area, where they could provide micro reactors. Yeah, one could, of the right size, could power the whole city easily. Uh, or, let's say, if some of Wyoming's smaller towns and so on, you can drop one in. Let's say if you had a business, we'll say a pretty good-sized business. In, for example, Casper, Wyoming, there's a cat dealership. You know, the tractors and so on. Uh, you want to run a facility like that, you can get even a smaller reactor that just provides electricity just just for that. So you can go ahead and scale up or down the size of the reactor depending on what you want to go with. And I think it's interesting to explore the idea as long as it's safe, as long as they can demonstrate it's safe. Now, again, it's been running nuclear reactors on subs for a long time. So it should be okay, right? I'd like to know more, but as long as it's safe and they know what they're going to do with the spent nuclear waste, then, you know, go ahead and look into it. Because it's certainly better than some of the alternatives that have been offered up. I've got another story on the Wake Up Wyoming site. And I touched on this yesterday. Wyoming and other states are concerned over Biden's Western solar plan. Now, this is where the Biden administration wants to cover 162 million acres overseen by the Bureau of Land Management for the purpose of solar panels. That's roughly the size of the state of Maine. And this would cover an area through several different states here. Wyoming is just one of them, but through several different states. They would include Arizona, California, Colorado, Idaho, Montana, Nevada, New Mexico, Oregon, Utah, Washington, and Wyoming. So once solar panels are put out there, this would be huge arrays of solar panels. You could no longer use the land for anything else. So this affects migration corridors, animals that just try to live in the area, plant life in the area. It affects water in the area. You're talking about huge facilities that are not only not clean or green, they're not reliable by any means. Not just because the sun's not always shining, you know, nighttime, that inconvenient little thing, and clouds, but also getting covered in snow and ice. 
So they want to spend a bunch of money, the Biden administration does, on these states, taking over land by the Bureau of Land Management. And they have a public comment period. In fact, one of the things I included in the story, in the state of, I think it was Utah, they had a public comment period where they let people look at maps and discuss the pros and cons of this. A story I wrote says the Biden administration has released its Western Solar Plan. It lays out a plan allowing sprawling solar farms across 11 western states, including Wyoming. It would take up 22 million public acres of land in 11 states. And again, once those solar panels get out there, there's nothing else you can do with that land. Nothing. So forget grazing your animals, hunting, fishing, other recreation things. Forget birds and horses and other such animals, pronghorn and so on. Living in that area, forget it. The land's just taken up with all of these solar panels. And again, we're, it's not clean, it's not green, it's not affordable, it's not reliable, it's not sustainable, but still they just continue pushing this. And I included in the story that the Biden administration, this is a quote, from Reuters News, the announcement is part of the Interior Department's push to cite more, they say, renewable energy. But again, it's not renewable, so I reject that. On federal lands, a cornerstone of President Joe Biden's goal to decarbonize the U.S. electricity grid by 2035 to combat climate change. That's according to Reuters, which, you know, will have no effect whatsoever on the ever-changing climate. Now, by comparison... Your typical coal and gas plant usually sits on about 640 acres or within the fencing there about one square mile. Creates far more energy, cheap and reliable and clean, and does it with a very small footprint. The main part of that is the reliability. No, so not only does a coal or natural gas plant not do much by comparison to disrupt wildlife in the area or water flow, or anything like that. But it's also reliable energy because, well, doesn't matter if the sun's shining or not, doesn't matter if it's cloudy or not, doesn't matter if it's snowy or icy or whatever, those plants just continue to crank out energy through it all. But no, we got to shut those down, right? 642, wake up Wyoming. This program is intended for immature audiences only. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Weekdays at 6 on air on Alexa and 24-7 on the Wake Up Wyoming app. 648 to Times. Wake up Wyoming. Off we go to the icebox. Frank Gambino is waiting by. Okay, Frank, I got another little survey here of what things people think they can take on in a fair fight. Take take on take on yeah okay for instance uh, like a bear yeah like you versus a grizzly bear oh well, that's definitely that people say zero percent chance of winning yeah we're yeah fist fight so I think that's okay elephant slightly better chance okay okay not still you're losing though a lion ties with an elephant on that one it's a and, tie yes gorilla is also right in there but i would say your chances of beating the gorilla are less than greeting beating the grizzly bear. no so yeah the, the gorillas are they're pretty agile crocodiles and alligators actually i've dealt with them and they're not all that hard just stay away from its mouth and its tail attack from the side 
Well, why don't we just, why don't you just leave them alone? Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, people's opinion on if they can handle a wolf is better than handling a crocodile, and I would flip those two. I don't agree. Uh, okay. Has people seen how big a wolf is? Uh-huh. Uh, uh, it's not yeah. a German shepherd. No, it's not. No. People's idea of handling a king cobra. Why would you even want to? No. Yeah, okay. Now, also, people have a pretty good idea that they could, you know, not 100%, but they, they're kind of confident of handling a chimpanzee. I would put a chimpanzee just just shy of handling the gorilla. It's just a smaller version of the gorilla, and they can rip your arm off. Yeah, and then knock you out. Yes, right. Uh, your ability in a fist fight to handle a large dog. Uh, people are pretty confident. Uh a bald eagle. Forget about it. No? It'll, you're just losing it, that it, one? Those talons okay. will rip every cell that you have. Now, here's one where I really disagree with people. People have this idea, if they're attacked by a goose, that they can handle the goose. I've seen videos. Gooses, gooses are yeah, they, aggressive. They're, they're really aggressive. People geese, just turn gooses, and run. Geese. Yeah, people just turn and run from those things. Yeah. Okay. And then they uh, chase you. People have... A lot of confidence that they can handle a house cat. You've had cats before. Yeah, you know what? And and it depends on their nature. Yeah, it really does. And, yeah. and I've seen the videos where they've gone crazy. Uh-huh. You know, also like it's yeah. you know. But I think you can handle that if you just kind of just shake it or something. What What about your ability to handle a rat? I just let it let it go. I'm not even going to bother because they might be tiny. But you know, they're a really aggressive tiny. All the rats I've seen, yes, in the subways of various big cities, yeah, they they got their they got they they got their own plan, yeah. So. And, and you and humans are not part of it. All righty, in men's college basketball tomorrow, the Wyoming Cowboys will have a tall order. They will host Utah State and Laramie. Utah State twenty and four and leads the Mountain West with a record of eight and three. The Aggies have uh, done this with a slew of new players through the transfer portal. And UW has been fairly pedestrian this season at twelve and eleven overall, five and five in Mountain West play. Cowboys have lost three of their last five and absorbed two huge defeats: one to UNLV on the road, and the other to New Mexico at home. That's an eight p.m. start tomorrow from Laramie. Wyoming Cowgirls will play once this week. That'll be at Colorado State and. Collins on Saturday. The Cowgirls absorbed the big defeat at Boise State on Saturday, so they sit at 14 and 9 overall, 9 and 3 in league play. It's a big loss considering that the Mountain West may be a one team league uh, for the NCAA tournament. CSU comes into Saturday's game with a record of 6 and 6 in league play and 15 and 8 overall. And boys high school basketball fact found Friday, number one Cheyenne Central. Lost to Thunder Race in 67 to 62. Second rate Laramie beat, beat number four Natrona 57 to 44. Third rated Cheyenne East over Campbell County 70 to 55. Sheridan over Cheyenne South 87 to 51. Fifth rated Star Valley beat Kelly Walsh 54 to 49. Also Wheatland beat Glenrock 53-35. Upton all over Midwest 81 to 14. And Lusco went over Burns 75 to 47. On Saturday for the boys, in overtime, Laramie over Sheridan 83-81. Thunder Basin made a two for two, beating Cheyennes 51-41. And it was Cheyenne Central over Campbell County 68-42. Jackson beat Kelly Walls 67-45. The Toronto down Cheyenne South 69-42. Glenrock over Newcastle 39-28. Pine Bluffs beat Burns 54-41. And Ten Sleep over Casey 47-37. The State High School Boys Swim Meet will start on Thursday. 
Thursday and run through Saturday in Laramie. Thursday and Friday will be the 4A schools as uh, Laramie is looking for their seventh consecutive state title. Then Friday and Saturday down in Laramie will be uh, the 3A the boys swimmers and Lander is looking for their 27th consecutive uh, state championship. That's incredible. Regional high school wrestling coming up on Friday and Saturday in some places. The Friday and Saturday will be in 3A with, with Riverton and Torrington hosting because the girls, and no matter what classes they are in, will be wrestling in those two tournaments. So the 4A West will be uh, at Kelly Walsh on Saturday, 4A East in, in Gillette Campbell County on Saturday. The 2A West will be at Tongue River on Saturday, and the 2A East will be in Shoshone on Saturday. So Riverton and Torrington, Friday and Saturday. A lot of wrestling, a lot of stuff going on now. Paul and Casper wants to know, how do you think you would fare in a fist fight against your typical American female? Ooh. Yeah, I just, uh, that depends on a lot of things, and I would just, you know, just rather not. I think you lose no matter what. Can, can you tase them? Uh, well, no, this is a fist fight. Oh. Frank. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. holding the taser. If, if it's my a cowgirl, Frank, you're losing. Yeah, well, of course. Yeah, no, we okay. know that. Let's yeah. wake up, Wyoming. Sixth of time, it's Wake Up Wyoming, it's a Tuesday. Okay, so I got some things to start this hour. Just at first, a few little things that are just going to make your day. Let me go ahead and try that again. I click this button here. Oh, now it goes. Okay, hang on. <laughs> ah, Miss Mary, we got to have a little talk with this computer system here. I go ahead and click on something. I see her waiting. Would you play now? Today's show is sponsored go. by... Flashlight sunglasses. Looking cool in the dark has never been easier. I hope it was worth the wait. Okay, first off, for those who missed the first hour of the program, I mentioned that the president, every president goes in for his annual physical, which has become politicized, of course. The annual physical, they never tell you how the president's really doing. But it's supposed to tell us whether we should keep the guy as president or not. And... This next annual physical, which is upcoming real soon for Joe Biden, he flat out is not going to take the cognitive part of the test, says the White House, which they hope they're sparing him any embarrassment. But no matter what he does, if he takes it, he's screwed. If he doesn't take it, we know he would have been screwed. This doesn't look good. So, OK, there's that. Next, I I have to give credit to this reporter. In case you don't know, up in the New England states, they're having a rather big snowstorm. It's a nor'easter. This is really big. It's a big storm. So much so that they have a lot of reporters outside covering the story. On the ridiculously large television that I have up next to me, this is a, a Fox News channel, which just shows whatever's happening somewhere. There's no commentators, okay? You're not having a panel analyzing anything. They just go to live video from wherever something's happening. So this is a local Fox television station in the New England area that's covering this nor'easter that's just starting to hit them. Big storm. 
Which, by the way, remember now, according to the cult of climate change, snow is a thing of the past. So this isn't supposed to be happening. All right. So I've watched now several reporters. Of course, the reporters have to stand outside in the cold and the snow as the storm is happening to report to everybody what's happening outside. Except for this one smart reporter. I've watched three or four different reporters outside in the elements while the storm is happening. This one reporter, though, is inside her car, which is the company vehicle with the logo of the television station on the side and all of that. Now, reporters today, they don't have to carry all sorts of camera equipment. Because of today's technology, when they report live from somewhere, they can do it live video using their cell phone. And it looks great. It sounds great. So this reporter is not standing outside in the storm. She's sitting inside in the company vehicle, which is just a car, using her cell phone and saying, geez, it's really cold and snowy outside. Okay, so so who's the smart one here? Because I'm looking at this going, that woman's the smart one. What do you, you want me to stand outside in this crap? No. I'm going to sit out here in the nice, cozy car and point out the window and talk about how miserable it is out there. For that matter, a reporter could stand inside with his back to a window and say, look outside. Isn't that horrible? You don't have to be out in the elements, guys. We get it. They even do that during Hurricane. One of the best I've ever seen over the years, it was in South Carolina, Columbia, South Carolina. A hurricane was slamming that city. And a reporter is up against the side of this building, staying out of the wind. And he's trying to reach around the corner with a wind gauge to give an idea of what it's gusting to. So he turns to the camera. At that point, back in the days when you had a separate cameraman, right? And he turns to the cameraman and the audience out there. Well, I'm going to step out into the street to get an idea of what the wind's like directly, not coming around the side of this building. So I'm thinking this is not going to end well. And the reporter walks right out into the middle of the street and a gust of wind picks him up and sends him end over end down the street. And I'm thinking, well, gosh, now we know how windy it is out there. Enough to pick up a stupid fat reporter and tumble him down the street. Okay, thank you. I don't know what that is in miles per hour, but I get how windy that is. So lots of credit has to be given to the lady reporter sitting inside her vehicle talking about how miserable it is outside but refusing to step out into that i have to give you credit all right now something we were doing last hour and i'd be interested as people join the program if you're if you'd like to get in on this conversation so um first off there is a plan by the city of Gillette. They're working with a power company. This company's been around for a very long time. They make small nuclear reactors. For example, they've made nuclear reactors for our submarine fleet here in America. So they know making small nuclear reactors. And for the next three years, they're going to be working with the city of Gillette on the idea of micro-reactors. And it could test them if this works out in Gillette. But imagine one, it depends on the size of the reactor. One reactor about the size of a two-car garage could power all of Gillette. 
depends on what size reactor. Would you like a smaller one? Are you running a pretty good size business and you would like a smaller one? You could do that too. Many Wyoming towns are just a couple of thousand people. One could run an entire town and it would be the size of, let's say, a one-car garage if it's a much smaller town. As long as it was safe to use this thing, which is what I want to see. Now, this is where we got into a little bit of uh, discussion going because David is in Texas and David doesn't think that they're ever safe. I know Judy, who calls us from time to time from Mills, doesn't like the idea of nuclear reactors. I look at nuclear reactors as, well, as we have had, yeah, there's been a couple of problems over the years, Chernobyl, Fukushima. But most nuclear reactors have done exactly what they were supposed to do and were completely safe. Three Mile Island, that was no one. But it's very rare to have a problem with a nuclear reactor. Now, as far as what to do with the waste, we've gotten better with it. At using the waste to uh, basically get rid of the materials that's not causing much radioactive radioactivity anymore. Condensing what is and continuing to use it instead of just getting rid of all of it they just continue to condense it down and there's better ways of disposing this stuff but i still worry about nuclear waste in something like this but if they can demonstrate that it's safe in some way and i want to see some pretty good demonstrations what do you think about the micro nuclear reactor idea because again one little thing about the size of a two-car garage can power a whole town and it just sits there and hums along not, or I should say glows in the middle of the night. And uh, it, it's 24-7, 365. It's just keeping your town full of electricity. Now, at the same time, I have another story. Wyoming concerned over Biden's Western solar plan. Biden administration wants to take uh, 162 million acres. That's about the size of Maine. And put up solar panels all over the place. And there's a whole list of states, including Wyoming, where the Biden administration wants to do this, just massive uh, solar farms out there. So the states include Arizona, California, Colorado, Idaho, Montana, Nevada, New Mexico, Oregon, Utah, Washington, and Wyoming. And my argument against all of this, first off, it's government-funded rather than private enterprise giving us power. That's always a problem. And also, as you know, this stuff is not good for the environment, especially when you have to take up so much land because it's not good for the vegetation, not good for the animals, not good for migration. It's not even – it's not clean to make. It's not clean to dispose of. So it's not clean energy. It's not renewable. It's not affordable. It's actually – if it wasn't for the subsidies, you wouldn't be able to afford to do all of this. And it's certainly not reliable, especially solar panels, certainly not reliable, not just because the sun's not always shining, but you have to worry about snow and ice and things like this. So let me see some of the comments I'm getting here. I-80 John says, in Wyoming, we get a few inches of snow, no problem. Yeah, the northeast U.S., a few inches of snow, it's Armageddon. Well, you should see the southeast. Oh, my God. Let me see. Um... David in Texas again. Wouldn't huge solar farms affect the weather by altering wind currents from the heated solar producers? Uh, yeah, I would think so. And I do know that wind turbines also can affect weather in an area as well. So that can be a bit of a problem. 
So there again, clean, green, sustainable, affordable, reliable, none of the above. Yet the Biden administration keeps pushing this on us. And so they would like to bring this to many states, including the state of Wyoming. Just something else I think that we we need to be fighting here, especially when it comes – if they did take up that much land, there's not only is it bad for the natural grasslands and other such vegetation, bad for all the animals, bad for the water that has to flow through the area. I mean the list goes on and on, and you can't do anything with it. We can't go for natural resources, coal, gas, oil, uranium. Forget bringing cattle out there, no hunting, no fishing, no – all of that acreage is off limits. In the meantime, when you take a look at the footprint of a coal or natural gas plant, it's, much, by comparison, far smaller, way smaller. And yet that actually produces reliable energy and affordable energy. 717, wake up. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Seven twenty-two. Off we go to Casper to talk to Bob about nuclear energy. Morning, Bob. Good morning. Hey, yeah, you're talking about nuclear reactors. We've had nuclear reactors and submarines for years. Mm-hmm. My cousin served on one, and he was in the Navy. Right. Well, the company that wants to build those reactors as a test in the Gillette area, that's what they have done for many, many decades, is nuclear reactors, including our submarine fleet. Yeah. You know, you were saying the size of them. I said, well, I know the size of the ones that my cousin served on. and mm-hmm. They were about the size of, uh, uh, well, of, say, a small fifth-wheel trailer. Okay. Yeah, that's why I said the ones that would, let's say, power the size of, uh, let's say, the city of Gillette, you know, city limits area, you could probably take a two-car garage. Yeah. Yeah, and power the whole town with something like that. Now, if you wanted, if you had a small business, and let's say you needed just some power for your small, and, and by that I mean, let's take one of these companies like Caterpillar that serves uh, and sells caterpillars. A company like that's got quite a few buildings going on. I mean, they can have a tiny little reactor pumping away. But again, you got to prove to me that it's safe first. But you say it would yeah. be because of the nuclear subs. Yeah. But, you know, I was thinking, you were saying the size of them and everything. And I was thinking my cousin being on those subs, you know, the, he worked as a mechanic and stuff on them and stuff. And he messed with them all the time. And he said they were something really neat because they never gave him any problems. Okay. All right. But, Worth looking at. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate it. Triple eight ninety seven Woods phone number eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Now, as far as the nuclear waste goes, it used to be one nuclear reactor produced an enormous amount of nuclear waste, and we didn't know what to do with it all. We've gotten better at refining it, so when it's given up enough life to heat the water, which produces, you know, turns the turbine, produces the electricity. We used to have to just get rid of it all, but now we know how to continue to uh, bring it down, condense it, condense it, condense it, so it can last a whole lot longer. But then there's still the problem, though, at some point. You're going to have some waste left over, and then what do you do with that waste? That, I think, is one of the biggest concerns that people have. Now, as far as actual nuclear reactor problems around the world, again, I named three, and that's the only three that I'm aware of that we've ever had a problem with. 
the, and even then, you take a look at the at um, Chernobyl. Well, that's just Russian arrogance in that case. It's not that nuclear reactors haven't been good. That's just Russian arrogance. When we take a look at what happened with Three Mile Island, that was human error. Because if Three Mile Island computers were allowed to, and think about it, that was computers way back, way back when. But the computers knew what they were doing. When they sensed that there was some kind of a problem, the computers were already correcting for it. It was the human beings that stepped in and caused a problem. But you do have to include in the human factor still, though. Fukushima, that plant was running just fine. It's where they put it that was the mistake. When they decided to put it right in an area where, oh, you can get hit with a tsunami there. Did you know that? That's what caused that problem. But if it hadn't been for that, that reactor would still be up and running to this day. Now, Jude is is saying, I know, Judy, you're against uh, nuclear reactors. It's not about the size of the nuke plant. It's the water needed, the waste, and the job loss to Wyoming families. Well, uh, for me, though, I like the most efficient whatever. You know, this is the same thing as far as the job loss argument. When it comes to, let's say, when you go to a grocery store and they have self-checkout or you go to an ATM machine and there's nobody there, it's a computer-operated system, that's not a bad thing for the economy. Okay, And if you like, I can go back into explaining why that's actually good for the economy. If we can get something that used to take a lot of people to do it and automate it, that frees people up for actual productive jobs somewhere else. So it turns out to be a good thing. I don't worry about the job loss. Now, as far as how much water... That's something I'd like to know because I don't know. These um, reactors that they're talking about, uh, this is a three-year study. So it's not like someone's going to be building something in Gillette. We're talking about uh, a proposal where they're going to look at this for about three years and, and figure this out. From what I've seen of these facilities, again, imagine something about the size of a one- or two-car garage, depending on how much power you need. So how much water does that take? And some nuclear facilities actually don't take water. So like the one that's being proposed for building out in Kemmerer, that actually, you don't have a whole lot of water going into that. That's a new kind of facility that wouldn't take something like that. Mark and Centennial, storage of nuclear waste at Yucca Mountain was defunded. Government Accountability Office. Now that's a, Mark, isn't that a uh, oxymoron? Government Accountability Office stated that the closure was for political, not technical or safety reasons. <laughs> Which is, is true. He's absolutely right about that. <clears throat> but I, that was also during a time when nuclear power rods, those rods that they would use to heat the water up, they would reach a point where they couldn't do that anymore and they would just throw it all out. Today, we can refine down again and again and again those rods to get more and more life out of them. So by the time we are finally done with them, there's not a whole lot of radiation left. But that still does not answer my concern about, and then what are you doing with that waste? Because you still got that nuclear waste you got to get rid of, and I'm waiting for someone to come up with an actual solution for that. So to me, it's interesting. I'd like to watch and learn I mean, I'm willing to look into it and hear what they have to say, watch and learn a little bit. It'd be great if something like that could actually work. We'll see. Coming up on 730, local news coming your way right after local news update on your weather forecast. You and I get back into it again. 888-97 was the phone number. That's 888-97-WOODS. You can do what our last caller did and just uh, jump in on this topic. 745, Don Day is going to talk about some upcoming changes in the weather, which 
changes are a coming. And nothing drastic. We're not going to get a big storm like they're getting in the New England states right now. But changes are coming. Let's wake up, Wyoming. So many opinions, we had to build the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app to hold them all. Free download from AM 1030 K2 Radio. Seven thirty-six. The time it's wake up, Wyoming. So, hey, you is over in Marbleton. Because you're talking about the nuclear power plant, safe and reliable. He says, and what do you do in Evansville? There are acres and acres of solar panels on Highway 85 south of Cheyenne. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, they want to take up even more property than that. And again, once they take up that property with solar panels, which much like the wind turbines, are not clean. They're not green. They're not affordable or reliable or sustainable. Yeah, And once they take up all of that land, I mean, imagine the harm they're doing. And then also that land can't be used for anything else. So Mike wants to talk nuclear. Morning, Mike. Hang on a second, Mike. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, that button's hard to push. You there, Mike? Yes, uh, top of the morning to you, Glenn. Good morning. So what you got? Uh, so I used to serve in the U.S. Navy uh, on a nuclear submarine, a fast attack. Okay. And I had a couple comments that are often misconceived about reactors. Number one, the size. Uh, when you talk about the size of a reactor on a submarine being the size of a truck, that's actually right. just the compartment that houses it. Okay. The reactor itself, we endearingly referred to it as a tea kettle. All right. Because it was pretty small. And uh, going with that, the... Um, uh, the size of the core, you know, you can probably imagine that's pretty small. Yeah. So my point is, is the waste that that reactor generates, a lot of people misconceive. They think these, like, barrels and barrels of waste coming off of that. Um, it's a, the, the core itself is actually really small, and the amount of waste generated by that reactor is significantly smaller than what people usually conceive. Yeah. So have we gotten better? I've read some articles, but I'm nowhere near any kind of expert on this. When we talk about originally starting to use nuclear power, boy, there, there was a considerable amount of highly radioactive waste. But over the decades, I've read articles where we've gotten better at not just reusing it, but also when we finally do have to dispose of it, it's not as volatile as it was before. Yeah, uh, back to the... I, don't quote me on the numbers. I'm just going off the top of my head here, but I believe about 80% of the fuel can be reused uh, through a process of condensing it. Yeah. And again, that what's left is you know a tiny amount by comparison to the to the full reactor. Right. Okay. Now, one of the pictures as I was looking at the company that wants to come into Gillette and and work this as a project, one of the pictures they put up is there's this cube. I mean, imagine a really big Rubik's Cube. There's this cube that sits out in a uh, parking lot, and it looks about the size of full volume here of maybe a one-car garage. And they're saying, well, we could take that and power the city of Gillette. But now, from what you're saying, of course, the whole thing is there's a core in there, which is the nuclear material, but the rest of it's all what actually generates the power, right? Right, and shielding and, right. and safety, you know, yeah. all, all that entails with that. Okay. So what you had there in the nuclear submarine, how much power did you get out of that, do you know? 
Uh, in terms of megawatts, I oh boy, honestly, I can't remember those okay. numbers. Well, let's try. Is, instead of exact numbers, can you give us? Could we plug something from a nuclear submarine into a town, let's say, the size of Casper and power it, or would that be too much? I believe so. Okay. Uh, the, the, the limitation was actually the uh, turbine generators mm. after the reactor. Right. Um, the other interesting thing was that reactor was enough. The, the the core in there was able to power the ship for 20 years. Wow. This is part of what I meant by if they could show that this is actually safe. So you can go ahead to a, your typical Wyoming town, which tends not to be all that big, drop one of these little cubes in the town, and it'll just sit there uh, providing energy for several decades. Right. And it, it of course, would require operators to, to yeah. maintain it and to keep it safe. And it, there's one other thing to think about, too, is that Three Mile Island, that's often very badly blown out of proportion. That was more of a PR disaster than anything. Right. Uh, there's some really good YouTube videos out there that... Uh, uh, go into detail on that. Yeah. See, my understanding of Three Mile Island was if, and th- these are old computer systems from way back when, but the computer looked at a problem and went, oh, little problem here, and started to correct for it so there would not have been an issue. It's when the human beings got involved that they started disagreeing with what the computer was trying to do, and that's what caused an issue. Yeah, as with many things in yeah. life human error steps in. All right. Hey, thanks for the call, Mike. I appreciate the information. I learned a lot. No problem. Happy Mardi Gras. So, happy Mardi Gras. I even thought about that. We're getting up on Mardi Gras? Okay. Well, again, it's an interesting discussion because if done right, hey, and and in Wyoming, we have the uranium already, so we could do everything on site right here in our own state. We wouldn't have to reach outside anywhere to do something like this. I also like the idea of if it were something that works, it's power that's generated locally rather than one system set up to serve a massive area. We get to do what we want to do locally. All right. Got to get a hold of Don Day. Some changes coming in your weather forecast. Welcome to the life of an adult child. You wake up. It's time for coffee. Take a shower. It's time for coffee. Go to work. It's time for coffee. Get fired. It's time for coffee. And by 5 o'clock, it should be time for coffee. Yep, there you have it. A new level of crazy. And you heard it here first. Listen to Glenn Woods anywhere you roam with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. 748 the time. Off we go to talk to Don Days. All right, Don pushed back a little bit by a legislative report. So we have a repeat of Monday weather-wise, correct? Pretty much. Okay. Uh, this pattern is essentially the same as yesterday. So if you liked yesterday, you'll like today. If you didn't like yesterday, you're not going to like today. Yeah, okay, that, that makes a whole lot of sense. Now, at that point, things slowly get colder and wetter, but nothing like what the New England states are going through. No, they're finally uh, getting some winter weather, and they've got more coming this weekend. But we will see some wintry weather. We've got two fronts, one that's going to be pushing in later today and tonight across the northern and western counties of the state. This will produce a little bit of light snow along the I-90 corridor and into the Yellowstone-Jackson area. We've got some winter storm warnings in effect for the far western mountains of the state. This will be followed up by another push of colder air that's going to come in Thursday into Friday. That one has got a little more push to it in terms of cold air and moisture. It really looks like, Glenn, an area of the state that really has not had much winter this year has got the best chance for snow. The I-90 corridor, 
uh, from Billings to Sheridan to Buffalo on the way to Gillette and Sundance, then into the Black Hills. That is the area that's got the best chance of accumulating snow between now and, and Friday night. Now, the rest of the state is going to see some light snow showers as well across some portions of the central and the east and the southwest. Uh, but it'll be those northern counties that have the best chance for accumulating snow. Okay. Well, that's good because they've got a lot of catching up to do. So this is does this get busier over the next couple of weeks? Well, what will happen is is that there will be a little bit of a break over the weekend. Uh, this is a Canadian-type situation, but over the weekend, the Pacific starts to throw moisture our way, mainly affecting the mountains. So for the lower elevations of the state this weekend, I don't see much going on, but the high country will continue to see some off and on snow. All right. Thank you, Don. Don Day with day weather. Well, okay. See, now that's actually pretty good weather for up in the ski areas, all to the icebox we go, Frank Gambino. Some of those areas could use some snow because I know you've got some high schoolers out there who want to compete. Uh, I, I Here's my deal. I, yeah. I drove through a, another nasty storm over the weekend. So snow means rotten road conditions. Oh, okay. So I don't care what it's the snowpack okay. is. Okay. You know what? Let uh, me repeat that. Yeah. I don't care. Okay. So you could go just live in some really, really dry desert area that never gets any. That's moisture. fine. That would be but perfect. I <laughs> don't care about snowpack of any county in That's any right. place in any state. Okay. Because you see, Frank has been driving in that kind of stuff for decades. And where he might have had a different opinion many years ago, he's had it. Had it. <laughs> Just Your had, personal yeah. safety is more important than oh, snowpack. I have said the same thing. i got to go down and do Thankful Thursday oh, in Cheyenne. Is, what, does I that always, start this week? Yeah. Well, uh, no, no. For me, like next month. Oh, oh okay. But I, because i got to go down to Cheyenne. But I always have that caveat. I'll do it, guys. No problem. I love doing it. Weather permitting. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, other than that, don't even, <laughs> don't, I mean, no, don't, don't even think about it. I'm not, uh, you know, if, if we've only been doing this maybe two or three years, I'm like, eh. Yeah. Okay. I don't, this isn't firing. Go with sports. All right. And men's college basketball tomorrow, the Wyoming Cowboys will have a tall order. They will host Utah State and Laramie. Utah State is 20 and four and leads the Mountain West with a record of eight and three in league play. And the Aggies have done this with a slew of new players. UW has been fairly pedestrian this season at 12 and 11 overall, five and five in Mountain West play. Pokes lost, they've lost three of five and absorbed two huge defeats to UNLV on the road and New Mexico at home. That's an 8 p.m. start tomorrow night from Laramie. The Wyoming Cowgirls will play once this week and it'll be at Colorado State and Fort Collins on Saturday. Cowgirls absorbed a big defeat at Boise State on Saturday, so they sit at 14 and 9 overall, 9 and 3 in league play. It's a big loss considering that the Mountain West may only have a one team make it to the NCAA tournament. CSU will come into Saturday's game with a record of 6 and 6 in the league and 15 and 8 overall. Boys high school basketball from over the weekend, number one in 4A, number one Cheyenne Central, a loser to Thunder Basin, 67-62. Second rated Laramie in 4A over in the Trona, 57-44. Third rated Cheyenne B. Campbell County, 70-55. Sheridan over South, 87-51. Star Valley rated fifth over Kelly Walls, 54-49. Wheatland over Glenrock, 53-35. Upton over Midwest, 81-14. And Lusk over Burns, 75-47. And boys play on Saturday. It was Laramie in overtime over Sheridan, 83-81. Thunder Basin got by Cheyenne East, 51 41. It was Cheyenne Central over Campbell County, 68-42. Jackson beat Kelly Walls, 67-45. Natrona over South, 69-42. Glenrock beat Newcastle, 39-28. Pine Bluffs went over Burns, 54-41. And Ten Sleep defeated Casey, 47-37. That's it in sports. Okay. So that did you have to go anywhere this week? Well, no, but I know other people who, do, okay, who are. Yeah. Okay. So when, when this only this sets me off, is like, you know, I just drove through the Black Hills. Mm-hmm. 
and now someone else has to go through the Black Hills. I mean, to be there like on Friday and Saturday, right? Yeah, you know? yeah. and it, it's just it's just not pleasant sometimes. Yeah, no, I I completely get that. I I know if I've done this a few times, you have too. If the forecast didn't call it, but all of a sudden I'm on the, one of these interstates, oh, and they've dropped the guards, <laughs> and we're crawling along at 25 miles an hour. And there's always that jerk who has to blow by in the lane that hasn't been plowed, but we see him in the ditch further up. You know the routine. Oh, oh, yeah. When you're on the road sometimes, you know, I've never been on, a, on it where it's been closed, closed. Yeah. I, I've been on it where it should have been closed. Yeah, that's happened plenty of times. <laughs> All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. So, Frank, uh, I said just about had it. I, I get it. That's why when it gets to weather like that, it's not that I can handle it because I have, but um. I've learned over the years just to be smart enough to not try. So wake up, Wyoming. Six, it's Wake Up Wyoming. All right, we're going to do the whole open phone thing, which is the most dangerous time of this radio program because anybody can come in with just whatever they want to talk Today's about. The show is sponsored by Flashlight Sunglasses. Looking cool in the dark has never been easier. So get ready because you can talk about what I've been talking about, or you can go ahead and change the subject. That's just fine. Carl. Warning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. <coughs> Dave, <coughs> all right, strap in, and let's do this thing. Triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number, that's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Talking about what I'm talking about or change the subject is fine by me. All right, so I got two stories here, which, well, if we, first of all, for those people who missed the first hour of the program, here's what I opened with. This ought to just delight you. See... The president has to go in for his annual physical, right? Every president has to do that. And, of course, the physical has always been politicized. Well, you can't say anything bad about the the president's physical or mental health. You can't. So it's always a glowing report, isn't it, no matter who's president? Biden, the White House, has come out and said that when it comes to this next physical that the president's having real soon, He's not going to be taking the cognitive part of the test. They're just going to skip that. Now, I look at this as, okay, um, hey, White House, hey, Biden. If they let Biden take the cognitive test, this is not good, and they'll have to get him to step down, which is then President Kamala Harris, unless, of course, we give her the cognitive test, too. I doubt she'll pass it. If he doesn't take the test, it still looks bad for the upcoming election because he refused to take the test. 
So no matter what they do here, just thought that would help delight you and make your day. Ladies and gentlemen, your favorite song. Oh, I like guns. I like the way they look. I like the shiny steel and the polished wood. I don't care if they're big or small. They're for sale. Hell, I want them all. I like guns. I like guns. I like guns. You're not going to like this, but we're going to head on over to the state of California for this show. And so... For those people who have American Express, Visa, MasterCard, you're really going to hate them too. But all right. Whatever you use for a credit or a debit card, major credit card companies, says the story, are going to make merchant codes available for firearms and ammunition retailers in order to comply with new California law that will allow banks to potentially track suspicious gun purchases and report them to law enforcement. Retailers are assigned merchant codes based on the types of goods they sell, and codes allow banks and credit card companies to detect purchased patterns, so anything that you do in a pattern. Currently, gun shops are lumped in with other types of retailers, such as sporting goods stores. MasterCard, Visa, American Express initially agreed to implement the standalone code for firearm sellers, but later paused their work on it after receiving blowback from Second Amendment advocates uh, and gun purchases, you know, trying to track their gun purchases that would infringe on the legal rights of gun owners. And, of course, it does. But also just privacy in general. Gun control activists hope codes approved by international organizations in 2022 can be used to help identify suspect purchases and consequently stop gun crime, including mass shootings. And then proponents uh, opponents say firearms purchases will allow banks and credit unions to alert law enforcement and, again, an infringement on your rights. I, I wonder what this does for cash purchases. If you just want to go ahead and buy a gun for cash, what does it do for that? I have no idea. I'm just kind of tossing that out there. Would this, can people just walk in and buy guns for cash in California and not have any kind of code or any kind of tracking happen? I don't know how the law was written. Or what about sales that are done outside the state of California that would come back in? And if you're thinking, well, they would still have to get a permit and all that kind of stuff. How many people would just decide to skip that? I mean, if you went to another state and bought a gun, for cash, is that reported back to California? Because some states do work with each other. Some don't. But somebody who buys outside the state could just come back in with a gun and just decide, oh, well, I'm just not going to go ahead and go through all of that paperwork. And California does not have the money or the resources to go after everybody. Add that to the list of things in my band in California stores. Hey friends, do you find yourself living in California and able to buy less and less of the basic fun and necessities of life? Well, now you can shop free at will because of a new chain of stores opening up on the California border. It's Band in California. Yes, Band in California provides all the products that you're no longer allowed to buy inside the California border. Guys, have you been wanting to buy that new fur coat for the little lady? What about that massive, energy-guzzling, big-screen TV. You'll find it on sale now at 
band in California. Serious lawnmowers that get the job done and big SUVs. And yes, to keep those little kitties happy, get them a Happy Meal with extra trans fat in the food court, of course. And feel free to walk around and smoke inside while the little lady goes to the tanning bed. Yes, band in California, now located at every state location along the California border. Open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Illegal immigrants on staff to show you how to speak back across the border with everything you purchased. This is another reason for those people who are pro-gun to just pack up and leave California. And I honestly think that they just would. I mean, if you were living in California, would you have been triggered enough yet to have left? I would have. And I've watched quite a few people, businesses as well, that have done the same thing. I've met a few as well that just said, that's enough. And they just packed up between the high taxes and the high regulations and all sorts of other infringements on your freedoms. Even not just with the gun purchases, but now they want to tell you what kind of car you can drive. Because they want you buying an electric vehicle by a certain date. So that's what you're supposed to be driving by God. And they even try, the whole idea of the band in California commercial is all of the things that they tell you you are supposed to or are not supposed to do. California legislators are just all completely out of control at this point. But then again, the people of California keep voting for this. This apparently this is what they want because they keep voting for this kind of stuff. And they had an opportunity. Because someone did a, a, a recall petition on their governor, and there was actually a recall vote, and yet they kept their governor. Enough people voted for Gavin Newsom that he's still the governor of California. So even when California has the opportunity to switch gears, make some changes, they keep doing what they're doing. Well, okay, at some point, there's going to be nothing left in California except hardcore leftists. Which, of course, as all socialist states go, there's not going to be a whole lot left to their state. Sometimes you just got to let people make their mistakes. Now, on that note, I've got... Now, first off, you're going to hate this next story over the Biden administration providing veteran medical resources to illegal immigrants. You're going to hate that. But also, speaking of learning their lessons... I got a story coming up of sanctuary states and sanctuary cities that are now seriously regretting and wanting to change their ways. This is much like the whole defund the police movement that they were all in on because it was great virtue signaling until they actually defunded the police. Sometimes you just got to let people learn it the hard way. Hey, man, you want some chicken pot pie? Hell yeah, dude. Those are my three favorite things. Yep, there you have it. A new level of crazy. And you heard it here first. Serious takes on local politics. Or something like that. Tune in weekdays 6 to 10 a.m. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. We've reached 8.20 in the morning, which is late for me. I still have the problem if I ever leave here and I get lunch somewhere. Because how early I get here. I walk into whatever little place I'm getting lunch at. And the person behind the counter will turn and say, good morning. And I have to stop for a minute and do a double take. Oh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Late afternoon for me, but morning on. Okay. So you're not going to like this story, but we have to do this. Here we go. President Biden. See, already I hate it, right? Because I said President Biden. Yeah. He's facing scrutiny because his administration is providing health care services to illegal immigrants that's supposed to go to veterans. 
Yeah, but hang on. Micah's on the phone. Morning, Micah. Good morning. Yeah. Um, I actually have two things. Okay. But my main thing is the other day I had the opportunity to sit down and chit-chat with Don Hollingshead, who is running for county commissioner, Laramie County Commissioner, mm -hmm. and his wife. And, you know, you have said so many times that Wyoming is the perfect state to get to know um, your representatives. Right. And that was such a perfect example. We must have talked for over an hour. Just, you know, and I, I knew him a little bit from when I volunteered at the jail. And my impression was always good then. But, you know, it's, it's really exactly how you see people in real life. And he was just as generous, just as good a listener and straightforward. You know, when you asked him a question, he gave you an answer, mm -hmm. and if he didn't know it, he would let you know it, um, and yet also willing to speculate as to what the answer might possibly be. But anyway, my suggestion is, even though I know this is early in this campaign, or for anybody who's running for anything this year, but, you know, especially out here where you can approach people, I really highly encourage people to do that, because it's one thing to go and listen to a formal gathering, you know, a scheduled event. And there's another thing in just being able to meet people just casually. Um, and even when we were talking, I mean, you talk about graciousness. It was so sweet because I'm obviously having the conversation with them. This lady came up. She saw my cancer survivor thing on my car. And she came up and asked me, you know, if that was mine. And we were chit-chatting a little bit, and she's all involved in all kinds of um, activities and everything throughout the county. And, um, you know, I just went ahead and introduced her then to, to the Hollingsheads, and I was like, you know, this is really perfect that you're giving your opinion about different things because hopefully this is one of our future commissioners and everything. And I was like, so here's your opportunity. <laughs> You've got anything to talk about. And, you know, and he didn't blink an eye. It was just like, fine, you know, if Micah wants to include her. You know, he was just so easygoing with it. And yet at the same time, he wasn't jumping up, you know, and announcing who he was right away to her or anything. And I thought, you know, this is a person who's got the good old quality manners, which <laughs> a lot of us could, could find mm -hmm. useful in emulating these days. Um but also just gracious, you know. He didn't mind the interruption. He, you know, it, it was just, it was just so pleasant. Okay. But anyway, um, I posted up on my Facebook page and also the Cheyenne and Wyoming News a long um, objective, I think, opinion right. that I formed about him, and I hope people read that just to see really what he can bring to the table because with okay. his past experience and everything, he knows. When you have to be objective on a job, you know, you put your personal life in another category, right. your own preferences. But, you know, as a commissioner, you are working on behalf of what's good for, for the people. And God knows, you know, for his past experience, he has seen people on every level, in every condition. And I think that if there's anybody who could really help determine, you know, what is good for everybody in the community, um, in general, I 
strongly advise people okay. to go ahead. Don't be afraid to approach him. He's not going to run away from you. Well, in general, though, meeting people, meeting politicians in general is like, as I've said, is very easy in Wyoming. They tend to have a lot of events that they go to. We can just walk up and talk to them. Even some towns yeah. have their in the more in the summertime, their ice cream social where they have an event outside and you can just walk up to whatever booth the politician's at and just stand there and talk to them for a while. In fact, even in Cheyenne, they have Super Day. And on Super Day at the park, Lions Park, there's politicians all over the place. So, again, it's it's easy to do. Just walk. Thanks for calling, Mike. I appreciate it. Easy to do. Just to walk up to any politician in Wyoming that you might vote for and have a conversation with them. Because they're going to have some event somewhere, and you can go ahead and do that. So, yeah, good advice. Take a chance because other states, you really don't get a chance to do that. All right, real quick, let me get into this story for you. President Biden is facing increasing scrutiny over his administration providing health care administrative services to illegal immigrants amid worsening border crisis, potentially exacerbating long wait lines for American veterans utilizing the Department of Veterans Affairs facilities. In an interview with Fox News, Tommy, Tommy Tuberville, Republican, Alabama, touted a recently introduced uh, VA Resources for Illegal Aliens Act, which he introduced alongside of several other Republicans to give some kind of a a solution here. And he said, of course, the board has been a disaster under President Biden. But he's decided, okay, we've got all of these, like 10 million people we've come across on the border. We've got to house them. We're supposed to give them health care. By the way, I have a story out of... uh, Denver, the amount of money it's costing them to feed and house all of these people. They're opening up care for doctors for these VA community systems. The lines at the VA were long enough before. The wait was long enough before. Now, you veterans out there, your wait's going to be longer than ever before. So this gentleman lamented the VA was already not able to provide for all 19 million veterans across the country. And that's all the community systems he mentioned that we've been trying to help. But now, let's add on top of that all of these illegals. Imagine what that's doing to the line and the weight and the resources available. The arrangement between the VA's Financial Service Center and Immigration and Customs, or ICE, basically, to process claims for illegal immigrant medical care. The story says is a longstanding one that actually predates the Biden administration and was outlined in 2020 during the Trump administration when an illegal immigrant under ICE detention requires health care. Typically, that's who they've gone through. Under the Biden administration, that's been, of course, ramped up. And with so many illegals crossing the border, imagine what that's doing to the wait line. Now, I don't know what's happening in our local community here. I have no idea, but I would love for people who... Do go to the VA clinic. Are we having a problem with that here in our area? Because I know down southern border way, they're having a hell of a problem with it. And and as I said, even in Colorado, between medical and housing and feeding, it's just breaking Colorado and especially Denver financially. All right, coming up on some local business we have to take care of. That's news time. Right after that, update on the weather forecast. Then a nice long segment of open phones. Triple eight ninety seven was the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. You can talk about what I'm talking about. You can change the subject. That's fine with me. I'll just kind of 
Roll with it all. Let's wake up, Wyoming. in his head? Join the conversation on Wake Up Wyoming, 866-97-WOODS. Six of time is Wake Up Wyoming. All right, so triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number that's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. I've said before, it's really easy to virtue signal and claim that you're something. But then when you actually have to do it, that could be a completely different deal. This goes along with, for example, a big trend a while ago. All of the cities and states said, we're going to defund the police. Big push among the Democrats. We're going to defund the police. I don't know where that push came from, but they all jumped on board with it. Bunch of lemmings, essentially. All right, well, obviously that didn't work out well. And the number of cities across America that said on second thought, especially when the politicians got not just blowback, from their constituents. But I even gave you the story of one woman, a mayor, who was a big part of the defund the police movement. And then she was brutally mugged, including receiving broken bones, in her front yard in front of her kids. Remember, I've said, well, it's an old saying. You've heard it for a long time. A conservative is just a liberal who's been mugged. Well, that was the end of it for her, and she ended the whole defund the police thing, right? All right, so let's talk about being a sanctuary city. Now, again, lots of cities in many states. We are a sanctuary. Hey, Denver, hey, how's it feel being a sanctuary city now? First headline, could it be? Are Chicago Democrats finally waking up to their sanctuary city debacle? Well, if so, it took them long enough. Uh, here's the story. The... Uh, Zarella Smith, members, an independent Democrat, basically, is frustrated by the response of her party's far-left leaders to the influx of illegal immigrants who have flooded the city over the past year and a half. In a desire to be welcoming, the state governor has directed $640 million towards feeding, caring, et cetera, et cetera, housing. While the city of Chicago, under the mayor, has paid about $138 million, according to the media reports, so this is money that Chicago Democrats wanted going to Chicago Democrats, but it's not. Carrie is in Colorado defunding the police. Morning, Carrie. Hey, good morning. Uh, these Congress uh, uh, women and men who are calling for it, um, I think it's more the Congress women. But uh, once when they want us to defund the police, we should defund the police in their precinct, in their uh, district. And then see how that works out for them. Sure. So, yeah. So, in other words, we're going to run a test and you're a nice neighbor. Oh, by the way, we got to get rid of their personal bodyguards, too. Exactly. Get rid of all of that because yeah. if we want to defund it, we go ahead and allocate that money somewhere else. So, yeah. like you said, this would be a perfect uh, test to see how it works out. Well, and then also, well, let me take it a step further. If these people are also anti-gun, so they can't have any neighborhood police... 
They're not allowed to have any private security provided for them like it usually is by the taxpayers. And they're not allowed to carry guns. Good luck. Exactly. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Kerry. I appreciate the call. Now, he was calling from down in Colorado. On that note, Denver looking at $925,000 to buy food for illegal immigrants. Then there's the problem of shelters and so on. The city of Denver is looking to approve an additional taxpayer funds. They've already paid more than this, by the way. So they need another $925,000. On Tuesday, Denver City Council also had approved about $450,000 with uh, Colorado Hospitality Services to continue for meals and so on. They've spent millions so far. The newly amended contract between the City of Colorado and Hospitality Services won't be valid for a little while. And it goes into the details there. According to the council report... Due to continuing high shelter occupancy and feeding of illegal immigrants, they're nearly out of capacity at this point. The original request for $100,000 jumped to $475,000. Now they're closing in on a million. Daily costs for meals provided by Colorado Hospitality. Breakfast, about seven. I'm rounding off the numbers, okay? So breakfast, $7.00. Lunch, $10. Dinner, $10. Kids' meal, $3. Snacks, $3. Per person. The city of Denver currently has a newcomer and migrant support on its website that allows individuals for clothing, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to go ahead and click on their website. I didn't know they had this, so I want to see what this looks like. Okay. Denver, the mile-high city. They should wait. They should change that. Instead of saying Denver, the mile-high city, they should just have Denver, the high city. Don't you think? All right. Mark Armstrong wants to talk about the Carbon Caucus. Hello, Mark. Good morning, Glenn. How are you? Very good. What you got? Uh, So 5 o'clock today at the Capitol, be in the uh, tunnel between the Capitol and the Herschler building, we have a CO2 caucus. Uh, more people, the better. Um, just, you know, this idea that Gordon wants us to be carbon negative, the, the lie known as climate variance caused by man-made CO2 is bad science. I, You know, I know, most people know. seems the legislators don't know, so let's see what we can do to help educate them. Okay. And then a, sh- a shout-out to Bighorn County Republican Party for an excellent job putting together prime rib dinner and breakfast and lunch and meetings. And we put a resolution together to take away teachers and librarians' uh, exemption from the pornography laws mm-hmm. so they can be criminally prosecuted for exposing children to pornography. Uh, A bunch of other good resolutions were put together. Lots of good information. Interesting, the press was not there. And last Thursday, our caucus had over 100 people in Albany County. We're pushing forward. We're moving the ball got the wheel, the shoulder against the wheel. You know, we got to get some stuff done because there's, there's no place left. Uh, Wyoming is the best and the, and the brightest place on earth. And uh, 
We can't let politicians steal it from us. All right. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. 888-97-WOODS, the phone number. John in Granite Canyon, did you notice that even though Boulder is a sanctuary city, no issues with illegal in uh, Paulus's hometown? Hmm. Uh, also, let me see, uh, RH in Wiggins, Colorado. Hi, Glenn. We in rural towns and even other states like Wyoming cannot assume we are not impacted by the big cities run by morons in Denver throwing money at illegals and uh, other bad politicians. These cities then demand federal funding and get it. Then we all are paying through the federal tax system and the national debt. Uh, Frank and Casper, that's, oh, oh, we were talking about something else. Okay, I'll go back to that later. And Chet and Yoder, they want Lakewood to take a bunch, uh, and Lakewood residents are fighting the tooth and nail to stop it. I'll find out what you're talking about in just a minute. So, okay, the point of all of that, and I have one, another one. Chicago Democrats turn against Mayor Johnson on the migrant issue. Basically, uh, the mayor saying, but you asked for it. Okay, the closing that topic, moving on to other stuff in the next hour. It really is interesting to me how many people want to virtue signal. We are a gun-free zone. We're going to defund the police. We are a sanctuary city. Okay, so you say, fine. Now do that. You go do that. And let's find out how it works out for you. Now, some of these people had to learn this the hard way. And I'm all for, if we can't convince them, let's try to convince them as much as possible. If we can't convince them, then just let them do it. And at some point, begrudgingly, they have no choice but to come around. 845, wake up. You asked for an expert. Uh, We didn't have the budget for that. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Weekdays, 6 to 10 a.m. and 24-7 on the Wake Up Wyoming app. Eight forty-eight is the time. Off to the ice box we go. Frank Gambino waiting by. Now I'm just trying to keep guys up on it. I don't want anyone to get in trouble. For those guys who would get in trouble, that's not you and me, Frank. Tomorrow's no. Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I know. I. I just, you know, here's the thing. I, I have always the best intentions. Uh huh. Fail miserably. Well, there's the thing. I can remind guys today. And we'll be reminding them tomorrow throughout the entire show, don't forget, do it now. And yet they'll hear me, yet how many guys will actually do anything? Well, I think at least a a phone call or a text message at its bare minimum. Okay. Well, well, at least a happy Valentine. Well, you know, using your phone and social media, you could send her a nice online card, at least acknowledging the day. An online card. Yes, you can do that easily. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah it's, it's an e-card, it's called. But it will appear in your messenger, and it looks like a card, but it's in your messenger. Is it basically. free? Yeah, no. Oh. Uh, <clears throat> well, it depends on what service you use. Another thing to do, though, is there's a lot of different, well, flower shops and ice cream shops and shops that makes all sorts of goody candies and so on. And all you have to do is just uh, log into their website and order something, and they deliver Oh, okay. Now, for those guys that live way out in the middle of nowhere, I don't know what to do for you guys. You know, do do the online card thing. I guess because, you know, no one's going to deliver out where you are. No. So you're just going to have to figure something out. You know what? You'd be amazed. Those those, um, FedEx, Amazon drivers. Oh, you want to do the FedEx? No, no, no. What I'm saying is that 
even if it's way out there, yeah, they go out there. Right. Yeah. So the answer is you may get it next Thursday, but it's right. okay. Yeah. Okay. See, I, I now again, I'm doing this now, Frank, but I know this is for some guys just a futile effort. Because even if if they're heading home at the end of the day and I say to them, hey, by the way, don't forget, they'll go, oh, you're right, and they'll continue driving home, yeah. having done absolutely nothing. And then at that point, I've done all I can do, Frank. I can't help you. Know, you know, you, you've led the horse to the water. I have done that, yes. All right, and boys high school basketball from over the weekend, first on Friday in 4A, Cheyenne Central rated number one in our latest wild preps poll from last week. A loss to Thunder Basin, 67-62. Laramie rated second, defeated number four in the Trona, 57-44. Third rated Cheyenne East over Campbell County, 70-55. Fifth rated Star Valley over Kelly Walsh, 54-49. Sheridan pounded Cheyenne South. 87 to 51. Wheatland over Glenrock 53 35. Upton pounded Midwest 81 to 14. And Lusk over Burns 75 to 47. Then on boys basketball on Saturday in overtime, Laramie over Sheridan, a great game 83 81. Thunder Basin beat Chinese 51 41. Central over Campbell County 68 42. Jackson defeated Kelly Wall 67 45. The Trun over Cheyenne South 69 to 42. Glenrock over Newcastle 39 28. And Pine Bluffs over Burns 50 54-41. Ten sleep defeated KC in 1A, 47-37. And men's college basketball tomorrow, the Wyoming Cowboys will have a tall order. They will host Utah State and Larry. Utah State is 20-4 and four and leads the Mountain West with a record of 8-3. and Aggies have done this with a slew of new players through the transfer portal. And UW has been fairly pedestrian this year at 12-11 and 11 overall, 5-5 five and five in Mountain West Conference play. Folks have lost three of the last five and absorbed two huge defeats to one to UNLV on the road and the others to New Mexico at home. That'd be an AP PM starts tomorrow night from Larry. Wyoming Cowgirls will play once this week. That'll be on Saturday in Fort Collins in the second round of the border war with Colorado State. The Cowgirls absorbed a big defeat at Boise State on Saturday, so they're 14 and 9 overall, 9 and 3 in league play. It's a big loss considering that the Mountain West, Mountain West may be just a one team league for the NCAA tournament. CSU will come into Saturday's game with a 6 and 6 mark and a record of 15 and 8 overall. The state high school swimming meet for 3A and 4A will start on Thursday in Laramie. Thursday and Friday will be 4A, and Laramie has won the last six boys champions, state championships in a row. Then on Friday and Saturday, it will be the 3A folks, and Lander is looking for their 28th consecutive win uh, in the state championships. Regional high school wrestling also coming up Friday and Saturday. Now, the girls will be wrestling in the 3A tournaments no matter where they are. So the 3A West will be Friday and Saturday in Riverton. The 3A East will be in Torrington Friday and Saturday. The 4A uh, regionals or uh, just one day. Kelly Walsh will host on Saturday. Campbell County will host on Saturday. And the 2A wrestling regionals also one day. The 2A West will be at Tug River. And the 2A East will be in Shoshone. You know, there are some flower shops and other goodie shops out there where you can go ahead and just tell them Okay, I'm married. This is her birthday. This is our anniversary. And of course, let's not forget Valentine's Day. And you just give them money. And every year, they just go ahead and send stuff for oh, you. Oh, wow. So you don't have to remember a thing, which is nice because you get home and she's all excited and you have to remember why. Right. Yeah. I, I, I'm hoping that it's like, you know, like when you buy, you know, Valentine's candy, like three yeah. or four days afterwards, mm-hmm. it's a lot cheaper. Yeah. Hey, honey, I was waiting. I knew, I knew it was Valentine's Day, but have you seen the price of chocolates lately? Yeah, same thing. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll wait. Yeah, I'll wait till Friday. Yeah, let's wake up, Wyoming.
six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It's a Tuesday. All right. Great calls so far this morning. A lot of great notes from people messaging me over the app. Triple eight ninety seven Woods the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. And we've reached open phones. So you can talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine. I'll just roll with that. Now, as far as the chat option, download the Wake Up Wyoming app, which is free at your app store. Go to your app store, Wake Up Wyoming. There it is. And there's all sorts of features on it. One of them is the chat option. So you just touch chat and send me a text message and I answer back. Either on air, off air, sometimes both. Also, there's an option to listen to old shows because this program becomes a podcast when I get off the air. So you touch on demand, touch Wake Up Wyoming, select your episode. You can listen to it, uh, download it. You can pause it, rewind it, share it, whatever you want to do. All these options and a whole lot more are free off the Wake Up Wyoming app. Okay, so now, as we begin this next hour, I'm going to talk about, once again, some massive failures that I hope at some point these people wake up and you go, you know, this just isn't working. Today's show is sponsored by Flashlight Sunglasses. Looking cool in the dark has never been easier. See, that way people can see you even though you can't. Warning, this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Okay, this started with a couple of people sending me a couple of different stories, and they're related. First off, from CBC, which is a Canadian broadcasting center. So Canadian news, right? City of Edmonton's claim against electric bus manufacturer now reaches $82 million. Here we go. Now, you know, Jackson Hole, Wyoming recently had a very similar problem. So here's the story. The city of Edmonton's claim against U.S. electric bus manufacturer has inflated to $82 million according to court documents. The city bought 60 electric buses, which have not performed well over the years. Especially when it gets really cold. You know what happens when these buses get really cold, okay? So, yeah, it's been a massive problem. Also, they've had to use diesel generators to keep the buses warm enough to operate in the cold. Think about that. The company has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection, and the city has been active during those proceedings. Back in the fall, the city was seeking damages of $1.3 million. U.S. and assurances that its contract with the company would be fulfilled. However, a claim was sold last month that um, another electric vehicle company, according to the city's claim, uh, Phoenix was going to inherit the contract. So by the end of the day at a sale hearing, one company was removed, the new contractor came in, But the city started to add up total costs. The removal means the contract and warranty provision between the city and the new company likely won't continue to be honored 
So the company obviously was not willing or able to deal with an $82 million claim. So according to a recent claim, the biggest problem with the electric buses was their battery range, which again, once it got cold, that battery range shortened considerably. None of the city buses had ever traveled the advertised range. It never had. They were never able to go the range that was anywhere near what was advertised. And in the wintertime, even half that. And so they've also been problems with hardware leading to more than half of the buses being regularly out of service. And say, uh, situation, right, right, okay, issues, okay. And then here's where they're using diesel generators to try to keep the buses warm. So there goes your, these are all electric and no CO2. And Okay, now, another story. A group in California, they're going to shutter and lay about 425 people off. Now, remember, this was all what was supposed to save us, all of these electric cars and buses. So, specialty vehicle maker Rev Group plans to close this El Dorado National California bus manufacturing plant in Riverside, California, laying off 425 people, according to a state workers' adjustment and uh, well, it's a post they put up. The state proceeded and, uh, well, the site, I'm sorry, produced and distributed transit buses for campus transportations for cities and airport shuttles. The first round of layoffs is expected to begin real soon. Closures of the plant means a lot of cities and a lot of uh, colleges and airports are just going to be out of buses as they start to have problems. There's nobody to jump in and repair this stuff. And simple delays and increased pivot to electric vehicles, the story says, have made it a tough market for diesel and gas-powered buses, according to Rev Group. The decision to wind down operations was not made lightly. Rev Group's subsidiary has been struggling to make a profit. So, okay. This is not the only one. There were some others that I gave you as well. And uh, Jackson Hole was having a problem. In Jackson Hole, Wyoming, I remember I told you the story that they got a bunch of electric buses and had the same problem that California was having at the same time. Uh, and the same uh, problem that uh, Canada was having also. But especially in those areas like Canada where it gets really cold. And as soon as things get really cold out there, the buses are just not able to perform. Now, again, having to put diesel generators up in order to keep the buses up so you can even get them going. So at what point do these cities start to look at the problem and realize this isn't working and just quit doing it? And this gets back to sales of electric cars as well. Not just the buses, but electric cars, which have not been doing well. And there's the dream that the Biden administration has that by 2050, everybody's going to be pretty much everybody will be driving electric vehicles and the internal combustion engine will just be dead and gone. And the way this is going right now, I look at it and I, I don't think so. I don't think you're going to go anywhere near achieving this, especially when dealerships, like I told you the GM story, G, there's even a couple here in Wyoming. GM dealers are saying, sorry, we're not going to carry your electric cars anymore. In which case, GM says, well, then you can't be a GM dealer. Okay, we won't be a GM dealer. Fine. We need something that actually sells, that's actually reliable and actually sells, and that's not you guys. So, sorry, we're going to have to bow out here. All right. 
I just am asking the question when I take a look at all of this. At what point do these folks finally turn and say, okay, you know, this isn't working. It just isn't working. Despite the push from not just the Biden administration, but the Canadian government, the California government, it just simply isn't working out. We're going to have to go back to what we are doing before in order to have something. You know, California is still pushing with a couple of other states, still pushing with the idea that car dealerships are not going to be able to sell electric or anything but electric cars. By 2035, uh, well, you can still do the used internal combustion engine, but as far as new vehicles go, by 2035, you'll only be able to buy new cars that are all electric. I just still don't think they'll be able to do that at this point. It's their dream, but I still don't think that they're going to be able to do that at this point. Not the way it's progressing. Hello. Are you a climate heretic going to hell for your denial? The New York Times says so. Repent! Author Michael Crichton once said that environmentalism seems to be the religion of choice for urban atheists. And New York Times columnist Paul Krugman once wrote concerning climate skeptics, he said their climate denial is an almost inconceivable sin. Who knew the New York Times believed in an afterlife? The Washington Post even featured a theology professor urging climate deniers to repent for the moral evil of climate change denial. And the UNIPCC chairman said global warming was his religion. According to climate activists, it's going to get really hot for climate deniers, whether in this life or the next. This show contains sarcasm. Some listeners may find disturbing. A sense of humor is advised. Chat with Glenn live on the Wake Up Wyoming app. Nine twenty-one is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. I was going to move on to something else, but hang on. I have a cult of climate change story for you. That's like, well, every time you wonder how bad can it get. They let you know it's. They're going to be far worse than you ever okay. imagined. Okay, so it's thirty-seven oh eight. Paper plastic. Plastic. That's the magic word. What? Green police. <laughs> you picked the wrong day to mess with the ecosystem, plastic boy. Battery. Battery. Let's go. Take the house. Come on. Put the rind down, sir. That's a compost infraction. Oh, did you install these bulbs? Oh. Tragedy strikes tonight where a man has just been arrested for possession of an incandescent light bulb. What do you guys think about plastic bottles now? The water setting is at 105. Yeah. You got a TDI here? Clean diesel. You're good to go, sir. Good afternoon, officers. Are those foam cuffs you're drinking from? Yeah. Please step out of the car and put them on the hood. Okay, so here's the latest here. You like your hair? I I don't mean any offense to people who have either, you're losing your hair or you've lost it altogether. You probably look good that way. I could not pull off bald myself. It just wouldn't work. But, all right. So now they're coming for your hair. Washington Post touts recycling human hair into things like clothing as a climate solution. Weaving with hair keeps hair out of landfills and incinerators where it releases greenhouse gases. See, again, every time you think there, there's no way they can get, I mean, how much, how dumb, I just, it's just so stupid. They can't get any dumber than this. 
Well, the Washington Post climate solutions reporter, when he gets a haircut, or she gets a haircut, she can't help thinking about all of the precious material her hairdresser is sweeping into the trash. United States and Canada throw about 32 tons of hair out per day, according to a report from the waste management of Green Circle Salons. But this author says there's a better use for all of those wasted locks, weaving them into clothing, for one thing. In 2021, she launched a startup dubbed Human Material Loop. Yuck. That just sounds... Human Material Loop. That sounds horrible. To turn swept hair from floors of salons and barbershops into fabrics, clothing, carpets, furniture. There are two environmental advantages to weaving with human hair, according to this lady. First, keeps hair out of landfills and incinerators. It would release greenhouse gases while rotting or burning. Second, it avoids the consequences of cleaning uh, land to grow cotton, for example, drilling oil to make synthetic fibers, or shearing wool from sheep, which bleaches tons of planet-warming methane, but, uh, or belches, I'd say, pardon me. But all of the process that comes afterwards is expensive, especially when Human Material Loop is a startup uh, company producing fabric in small batches right now. But, oh, they have big dreams for this. Her human hair fabric costs more than wool. Now, you would... How does this cost more than wool? All right. Costs more than wool or cotton or polyester. But once we reach a full-scale production output there, we can provide a very competitive price. Well, hang on. If you're going to do this, hang on. You're not getting my hair for free. No, you're not. This is going to raise the cost of what you're doing. I go get a haircut at a local barber that I I really like. And if I know that my hair is going to go to these products, you're going to make money off of my hair. I want a piece of that action. So you're going to pay me for my hair. So, okay. um, Mark Morano, who's head of Climate Depot, says, maybe if we all shear our heads bald and donate our locks to save the planet, Our betters in the climate world would allow us to buy more than three items per person in the store after they strip curls. What will they come for next? Will they demand that you do something about all of that human skin that's out there? I don't don't know. Okay. So at this point, this is what crazy looks like. This is really what crazy looks like. They are so ultra-concerned about everything... They even have to worry about your human hair. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I don't have to go too far out to go ahead and talk this down. But So your hair gets cut. Cool. Okay. And your hairdresser, whoever that is, sweeps it up and puts it into the trash. Okay. So far, no harm done. It goes to the landfill. And in the landfill, like everything else, it decomposes. Now, this person is worried it's releasing CO2 into the air. Decomposition is good. That's one of the reasons many, many years ago when I first heard of the idea of let's take landfills and make something good out of them. Because people thought landfills, oh, that's just horrible. Actually, we don't produce as much as you might think. 
when you consider the size of the planet. We really don't. Uh, but then things that break down end up becoming something very healthy. When done correctly, a landfill becomes very healthy ground, which can be used for all sorts of things. So landfills are not bad. They're actually, when done right, very good for the community. And yes, things need to break down and decompose. Now, remember, it was, uh, well, some of the cults of climate change that want to take trees that are dying or dead. And they want to bury trees because in their their belief, trees, when they decompose, release CO2, and that's bad. But you see, the forest needs that kind of decomposition. That's fertilizer. I don't think they know what fertilizer is. And it's not just fertilizer in the ground when things decompose, including all important carbon that's left in the ground. But it's decomposition in the air in the form of airborne fertilizer known as CO2, which is nothing but healthy for plants. And that includes the hair off the top of your head. Chet and Yoder, Silence of the Lambs type stuff, Soiling Green next. Yeah, I think it is. Coming up on 930, every time I think this can't possibly get any worse. Coming up on 930, local news coming away. Right after local news update on your weather forecast. And you and I get back into it again. It's Wake Up Wyoming. is intended for immature audiences only. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Weekdays at 6 on air on Alexa and 24-7 on the Wake Up Wyoming app. 9.36 is the time to Wake Up Wyoming. I like that red. Red and Casper. That's, if you just join me, the story from the cult of climate change. You're now worried about when you get your hair cut. Where does that go? Because if it's allowed to decompose... That's going to add CO2 to the air, and, you know, can't do that. So they want to do things like make clothing and couches out of it and stuff like that. Red and Casper, they better stop using DNA to solve crimes if we are going to use strangers' hair in clothes. Yeah, kind of screws all of that up, doesn't it? All right, a report just came out about inflation. So once again... Take inflation when it was at its worst recently, and it's still inflating faster than it should be, but it has eased a little bit in how fast. Here's the latest report. Now, remember, whatever the latest report is, it's going to be revised, which makes me wonder why they put out the initial report in the first place, because they always come back and revise it several times. Inflation unexpectedly, hang on, unexpectedly, the experts were wrong again. Inflation unexpectedly accelerated in January with the prices rising faster than expected as the new year began. Consumer price index, this is what consumers pay for goods and services, rose 3.1%. Okay, compared to the prior month, economists had forecast inflation at about 0.2%. But instead it was like 3.1%. Hold on. And so, once again, the experts were wrong. Yeah, we had all of these these economists out there making forecasts, and they were way off. 
Federal Reserve officials say they looked at several months' worth of data and trends. Three months analyzing inflation rates rose to 4% in January from 3.3%. It breaks down all the numbers. Okay. It's rising faster than they said. The one-month rate annualized is a 4.8% indication of how high monthly inflation figure is. But the president, no, this can't be right. Because the president said he solved that problem. And they said inflation was transitory. Despite, uh see, pandemic stimulus money, et cetera, et cetera, the Biden administration post-pandemic spending spree, the American Rescue Plan, which had nothing to do with American Rescue, Inflation Reduction Act, which had nothing to do with reducing inflation, this very expensive physical policy, this story says, likely undermined any good deals you could have gotten. In other words, as we were saying all along, not even an expert here, but I've been, I've been saying other people have been saying, if you continue to borrow and print like this and and pump that money into the economy... It causes inflation, and here you go. Core prices, which include food and energy prices. Have you noticed your gas prices have ticked back up? For a while, their gas prices were going down. The lowest I saw was $2.07. I know it probably was lower than that in some place. But here in Wyoming, the lowest I saw was $2.07. Now we're way back up from there again. The market had been pricing a rate cut for the Federal Reserve, but that's probably not going to happen now. The stock market didn't like this. The stock market's having problems this morning because they just didn't like this at all. Prices of food rose in January. Grocery store prices rising. All of last year, prices were rising much milder, but then we started this year with just this jump. So the first month of the year, there was a jump in inflation, a spike. Now, does it stay that way? Don't know. What I'm just going to say, whatever the experts say, don't believe them. How often are they right? Here, once again, well, they expected inflation to cool down a bit more first month out of the year. All the experts did. That's what the forecasts were. And once again, why do we continue to hire these experts? They never get it right. Goods prices continue to fall overall. Service prices are rising at a rapid rate in January. Service prices rose rapidly. The Fed uh, closely watches different measures of personal consumption. It targets an annual rise. Well, okay. Talks about the computer, uh, the consumer price index and, and so on and so on. So once again, I think the takeaway from this is what the Biden administration and Biden has been saying about inflation continues to be wrong and the president says he solved that problem which was wrong gas prices they did come down and then they bounce back up again regardless they're still higher than they should be and the president keeps saying well i fixed that gasoline price problem how's that working for you when you look at the price of gas did he fix it i don't think he fixed it here in wyoming our electricity prices are going up and part of that is because of, well, things we shouldn't be doing like carbon sequestration. And pumping money into wind and solar, this creates an artificial economy which creates inflation rather than doing what we should be doing, which is letting the market figure this thing out. If the market is allowed to do what it does, prices overall drop. Now, you might have a spike from time to time, but overall, 
you end up with goods and services at what are more reasonable prices. There's always some inflation happening. I mean, things when you were a kid were a lot less expensive, but you, people also made a lot less money back then. So it all kind of levels out. But this, under the Biden administration, this inflation, I I know he was hoping for good news during his campaign, but Biden's just not going to, he's just not going to find it at this time. So, all right, we'll see if this was just a monthly spike or does it continue to go up? Because I'd hate to see that we all end up spending a whole lot more in the coming month, but all right. 942, wake up. Gas emissions to one room. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Wood. Live on AM 1030 and FM 95.1. Weekdays at 6. 9.48 time. Off we go to the icebox. Frank Gambino is waiting by. And so um, apparently I'm just going out on a limb here, Frank. It's not a good idea to try to drive on the ice in Wyoming. No, no. The, yeah. Especially... Uh, when it's not exactly frozen over. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, yeah. you know, there's some places, I mean, you know, they have red flags. Not mm-hmm. here in Wyoming so much, but in other states. So right. If it's red, the red flags, no, 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 there's not enough ice here. Yeah, okay, you know? well. Now, now and Wyoming is a place that, you know, <laughs> and you've seen it. Yeah. They can drive anything they want out there as long as there's enough. As long as there's enough. Now, in our part of Wyoming, it's been kind of mild. Yeah. In other parts, they've had enough cold and snow and so on. But here, you know, where we are. So in Alcova, there's a couple of cars that have wind up, it just wound up, well, up to their hubcaps at the very least. Don't drive out there. Just, just don't. And so there's pictures out there. We have one on our website here. People have been driving out into Boysen Reservoir. Yeah. Uh, Riverton and Thermopolis in central Wyoming. And again, we've been in sort of a warmer, milder bubble in this area during most of this winter, while around us has actually been winter. And yet people look at, oh, look, there's ice, and they just drive out there. So there's no guarantee. No, 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 no. You're, you, wait, wait, wait until it's really, really cold. Yeah. Try, try that one. Yeah, yeah. And even then, I am really careful. There's times I get out there and I see ice fishermen. And I want to go out and talk to these guys. I don't want to hang out with them and do what they do all day. But I want to go out there and have a chat with the ice fishermen out there. And I don't care if they do have a tent and all this gear set up. I am really careful about walking out there, watching myself every step of the way. Because I'm not even sure it can support me. Yeah. But but they have like a tent. Yeah, and, I, and, I know. And like uh, like yeah. snackage and, yeah. and, and beverages. Now, now, here's the thing. Would you be comfortable going out there and doing that and then going to sleep? No. Yeah, and I know during the, at night the temperature drops quite a bit more. It's supposed to thicken up the ice, but I don't know if I could feel because you hear if you've been out there during that, Frank. No, I, I've been the one ice yeah. fishing derby like in yeah. Saratoga. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it, it I, I'd be the first person to say I'm not going to go out there. Yeah. Except that it was full of people, so I'm like, well, if, yeah. they, if they're all good with it, then, then so am I. Okay, because it makes crackling noises, which can be fun to listen to. But yeah. I would wake up in the middle of the night to the fir- to the first snap, yeah. and decide, you know, that's enough. I'm going back. Yeah, you, you could have been on like a, like a like a like a little iceberg heading, yeah. heading down the river. You know. Yeah. Okay. So you you honestly never do know the thickness of these things. But yeah, to people in different reservoirs around Wyoming, just so you know, this is not a good year, nor is any year, to drive your car out there. Uh, find some old junker that's somebody else's. 
And if you're going to do it, make sure the windows are rolled down and you're wearing a life preserver. Pretty much. Pretty much. Men's college basketball tomorrow. The Wyoming Cowboys have a tall order. They will host Utah State in Laramie. Utah State comes in with just four losses and 20 wins. And they lead the Mountain West to winning eight games and losing three. Aggies have done this with a slew of new players through the transfer portal. And UW has been fairly pedestrian this season. They're 5-5 five and five in league play and 12-11 and 11 overall. Pokes have lost three of the last five and absorbed, absorbed two huge defeats. One of the UNL fee on the road and the other two to Mexico at home. 8 p.m. start tomorrow from Laramie. The Wyoming Cowgirls will play once this week. That'll be at Colorado Stadium Fort Collins on Saturday. Cowgirls absorbed a big defeat at Boise State last Saturday. So they set up 14-9 overall, 9-3 in league play. It's a big loss considering the Mountain West may only be a one-team league for the NCAA tournament. CSU will come into Saturday's game with a record of 6-6 six and six in league play and 15-8 and overall. In football, Sunday's Super Bowl as Kansas City beats San Francisco going overtime 25-22 was the most watched TV program in history. Uh, the game was broadcast on CBS, Nickelodeon, Univision, and Paramount. Averaged 123 million viewers. Some 202 million people watched some part of the game. CBS alone averaged 120 million viewers. Boys high school basketball from over the weekend. First of all, on Friday and 4 a.m., the number one rated team, Cheyenne Central, lost to Thunder Basin 67-62. Second rated Laramie over in the Trona 57-44. Third rated Cheyenne East over Campbell. County 70 to 55, Sheridan Beach Cheyenne South 87 51, and fifth rated uh, Star Valley over Kelly Walls 54 49. Wheatland beat Glenrock 53 35, Upton a big winner over Midwest 81 to 14, and Lusk over Burns 75 47. Then on Saturday on the guy side, Laramie over Sheridan in overtime, great game 83 81. Thunder Basin beat Cheyenne East 51 41, Cheyenne Central over Campbell County 68 42, Jackson beat Kelly Walls 67 to 45, and Natrona win over Cheyenne South. 69-42. Glenrock downed Newcastle 39-28. Pine Bluffs went over Burns 54-41. And 10 sleep defeated KC by the final score of 47-37. That's it in sports. I wanted to know how many people who were watching the game were actually watching the game. Like, like sitting down and actually paying yes, attention? Paying attention. My yeah. guess would be about half. Yeah, because... Because if you're in a party situation, mm-hmm, yeah. everyone's, you know, they're, they're chatting around, sure. you know, they may have some board games, and they're eating, and they're yes. drinking, like, and then somebody yells, like, oh, there's somebody's more touchdown. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. So, yeah, people turn down and go, what just happened? Don't worry, there's going to be, like, a dozen instant replays. Well, yeah. You'll but, see what happens. But, but if you watch for a second, I mean, that does count. Okay, no, I... Which makes me ask the next question then. So is $7 million for a 30-second ad worth it? I think you'd have to ask the ad people about yeah. that. So, because you did get in front of over 100 million people. Well, well over 100 million. So uh, might be worth it. I mean, even if, a, if 1% of those people acted on your ad... I, it was probably yeah. worth it. I, I would think so. It's yeah. 1%. All right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. National, local, your weather forecast. It's Wake Up Wyoming.